Good afternoon, everyone. This, again, is going to be probably one of my favorite shows to do this season, because there's a lot of things happening at the same time. Are you ready to be spooked? Apparently, according to dentists, almost all Halloween candies bring horror to your teeth. Uh, well, t this dentist is going to reveal the specific candies that wreak the most havoc. We'll explain. In the headlines on the update this Thursday, the increased Israeli airstrikes are now devastating parts of the Gaza Strip, jeopardizing the relief operations and leaving neighborhoods in shambles. Meanwhile, in Florida, their state university system is disbanding chapters of a pro-Palestinian student group. It says it's violating state law by aligning themselves with Hamas in the wake of the attack on the Israeli citizens. There's an ongoing situation up in, up in Maine. The hunt is on for the man, as police say a firearms instructor that was recently treated at a mental health facility is a person of interest in the massacre up there. One, a man opened fire at a bowling alley in a bar in Lewiston, killing at least 16 people and engulfing the state's second largest city into chaos. Locally, a decade after they were envisioned in the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy, two of the largest flood control projects designed to protect the densely populated cities in New Jersey are now getting underway. Officials say that a man was trapped inside a steel-reinforced concrete jewelry vault in the city overnight after firefighters had to abandon an attempt to rescue him for safety reasons. The season in the NBA starts locally for the Knicks and Nets. Kristaps Porzingis made a tie-breaking three-pointer with under a minute and a half to go and scored 30 in his strong debut. And the Celtics beat the Knicks in the season opener for each team. And tis the season for snow. The first major snowstorm of the season dropped up to a foot of snow up in Montana, sending an army of snow plows out on the roads. Residents, they woke up to swirling snow and the, sh and the sound of shovels on sidewalks just days after temperatures rose into the lower 80s. We have a lot to talk about. This is the update. Thursday, October the 26th. 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, broadcasting across the nation and around the world. This is the update with Brandon Julian. A three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. 
Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Thursday. A Thursday that's going to be real warm around here is our temperatures are going to be basically in uh, around the mid-70s, the upper 70s, actually. The record for this day is, uh, I believe, 78 in 1964. So, you know, uh, it's going to be one of those days, perhaps. And then we're going to hit 80 degrees, most likely, on Saturday. The record for that day is 83, set back all the way in 1919. But then, oh boy, are we going to get a reality check going into the next week with temperatures only going to be uh, in the uh, in the 50s. Like I said in the introduction, this is going to be probably one of another one of my favorite shows to do this year because there's a lot of things happening uh, at at the same time today, and it's one of my favorite shows. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows to do. So it, literally, um, is everybody ready to go? Well, all right, because we all know, folks, that dogs dogs are man's best friend. But what's a cat? I don't know. Well, for some, a dog is a cat that plays his ex at three in the morning in the East Village. Uh, to some that aren't smart. But then there's the type of cat that works on this show. You know, the ones that uh, blow you off like uh, most people in showbiz do. <laughs> I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, that you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. Uh, we're going to begin this Thursday's proceedings uh, with the ongoing war, of course, between Israel and Hamas. The increased Israeli airstrikes are now devastating parts of the Gaza Strip, uh, jeopardizing the relief operations and leaving certain neighborhoods in shambles. <laughs> there were strikes yesterday that destroyed homes and businesses and left the many digging through the debris. One strike at a refugee camp killed several family members of an Al Jazeera journalist. Healthcare facilities are doing their best to treat the wounded, but with supplies, that is now becoming more scarce. The Hamas-run health ministry says that over 6,500 Palestinians have been killed and nearly over 17,000 others have been wounded. More than 1,400 people in Israel have been killed, according to Israeli officials. U.S. and other officials are still worrying that the fighting could spill over into a wider regional conflict. Meanwhile, in the state of Florida, out of Tallahassee, uh, the state university system there is disbanding chapters of a pro-Palestinian student group. It says it's violating state law by aligning themselves with Hamas in the wake, of course, of the attack. <laughs> the move on Tuesday came when State University System Chancellor Roy Rodriguez wrote to the State University's president on Tuesday, directing them to disband the groups. He said SJP is taking the stance that it is part of Hamas and it's a felony to, quote, knowingly provide material support to a designated foreign terrorist organization. 
Of course, we'll have the latest on the war between Israel and Hamas on tomorrow's edition of the program. Meanwhile, there's an ongoing situation up in Lewiston in Maine. Uh, Police there say that at least 16 people are dead after a man opened fire at a bar in a bowling alley. Police are now searching for a person of interest who is now a trained firearms instructor. Uh, Hundreds of law enforcement officers are seeking Robert Card after the shooting last night and shelter-in-place orders are in place for the second largest city there and nearby Lisbon. A police bulletin says that Card was a firearms instructor believed to be in the Army Reserve and assigned to a training facility in Seiko, Maine. It did not provide any details, though, about his uh, treatment or condition, uh, but said that Card had reported, quote, hearing voices and threatening to shoot up the military base. Uh, we're going out the latest details, of course, in the in the next few days as we continue to learn um, new information. We'll tell you that on tomorrow's edition of the program. Now on to some of the other news of this Thursday. And JetBlue, they say they're going to expand their transatlantic flying next spring and also summer. The airline said yesterday that it will operate daily flights from New York and Boston to Dublin from March through September. And it also plans to fly between New York and Edinburgh from late May through September. The airline is hoping and planning to use single-aisle Airbus A321neo planes with 160 seats. JetBlue is hoping to take advantage of strong demand for international travel, which has grown more quickly than domestic travel so far this year. The lawyer for the FTX founder, Sam Bakeman Free, now says that he plans to testify at his fraud trial. Attorney Mark Cohen said during a conference call between lawyers and the Manhattan Federal Court judge yesterday that Bankman Freed will take the stand after three other defense witnesses testify beginning today. Prosecutors have relied on the former executives at Bankman Freed's companies to build a case that Freed conspired with others to steal billions of dollars from his customers and investors over several years. The 31-year-old California man has pleaded not guilty to all the charges. Uh, He was extradited last December, of course, from the Bahamas to face charges. Uh, Meanwhile, we're going to go over to Hoboken across the river in New Jersey. We're more than a decade after they were envisioned in the aftermath, of course, of Superstorm Sandy and the destruction that came with it. Two of the largest flood control projects designed to protect densely populated cities there are now getting underway. A project in Hoboken and one in the densely populated Meadowlands region they kicked off yesterday. The combined projects will cost nearly $298 million dollars and are designed to protect some of the region's most vulnerable communities with flood walls, gates, levees, and high-powered pumping stations. 
In other news, this was a really bizarre story. Uh, officials say that a man was trapped inside of a steel-reinforced concrete jewelry vault overnight after firefighters had to abandon an attempt to rescue him for safety reasons. Uh, fortunately, though, the vault was on a timer, and it opened on its own yesterday morning. Assistant Fire Chief John Sirocco says that the FDNY was called to the Midtown Manhattan building on Tuesday night, but they did not really explain how the man became trapped. After ten hours of drilling, firefighters stopped, fearing their attempts to breach the vault could harm the man that was trapped inside. Uh, Sirocco says that the doors opened as scheduled at around seven in the morning, and the man was freed unharmed. And finally, uh, at the civil fraud trial of the former president, the judge has now fined him $10,000. The judge says that Trump violated a limited gag order barring personal attacks on court staffers. The fine was issued yesterday after Trump complained outside the court about what he called, quote, a person who's very partisan sitting alongside the judge in this case, Arthur Engeron. Uh, weeks ago, Engeron ordered all the participants in the case not to comment publicly about his staff. The gag order back on the 3rd came after Trump made a social media post uh, maligned at the judge's principal law clerk, who sits beside him, of course, in court. Trump said his comment yesterday was about the witness Michael Cohen, not the clerk. Angeron said, though, that Trump's claim, quote, was not credible. Time for us to step aside momentarily when we return on the update this Thursday with a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Get to talk some sports and how the Knicks and the Nets both kicked off the regular NBA season and they both started off with losses because that's just what we expect these days. <laughs> Halloween, of course, right around the corner and we're all ready to be spooked. Well, hopefully you are. And uh, But apparently, according to a dentist, and dentists everywhere, I should say, almost all Halloween candies, they bring horror to your teeth. And uh, we'll reveal, or dentists will reveal, the specific ones that wreak the most horror on your teeth. Uh, and then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. The latest, of course, from up in Lewiston in Maine. But there's good news in Detroit. United Auto Workers Union says that they reached a tentative contract agreement with Ford that could be a breakthrough to ending the nearly six-week-old strikes against the automakers. Gonna talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update of Brain and Julian returns in just a moment. Brandon Julian. Honestly, people, I would do anything for my wife, Tommy. But I know I'm not the best romantic person out there. There are more people that are more romantic than I am. Did you know, folks, that a long, long time ago, Prince Edward abdicated his right to the English throne to the woman he loved? Isn't that unbelievable? He had to choose between the woman he loved or being king of England. And that 
idiot chose the girl. Now, I'm sure, folks, that it was the right moment at that exact moment in time, and I'm happily in a relationship with my wife. But even in the best of moments, each person in a relationship has had a time where they thought, I've made an enormous mistake. But you know what, folks? I bet you never thought I could have been King of England. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, there's a big holiday tradition, you know, it's fruitcake. I love all the holiday traditions, as Jim Gavigan once said. You know, like the Christmas tree. My birthday's right next to Christmas. Christmas tree, you know, we go chop a tree, we go put it in our living room. Sometimes I think that's the creation of a drunk man, really. Some woman wakes up. Honey, why is there a pine tree in our living room? I like it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna decorate it for Jesus. And then I'm gonna hang my socks over the fireplace. Fill them with candy. Maybe I can tie some leaves to a signal, see if I can get some action. And now I'm gonna puke on this couch. Merry Christmas. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F trains will run on the E-Line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M trains will run between 57th Street on the F line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. 
the shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street Queensbridge and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June 26th at approximately 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B60, M116, Q4, Q4 Limited, S46, and S96 Limited, starting September 24th. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 Select Bus Service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other Select Bus Service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So the Knicks and the Nets, they both started the NBA seasons um, yesterday. And, uh, well, the results were just about what you might expect from New York teams at this point. <laughs> that might be a hot take. I'm not exactly 100% sure. But uh, Knicks and the Celtics going at it at the world's most famous arena. Kristaps Porzingis, the former Nick, made a tie-breaking three-pointer with a minute 29 to go and scored 30 in his strong debut. Boston beat the Knicks 108-104 to in the season opener for both teams. Porzingis finished with eight rebounds and four block shots against his original 
NBA team, showing why his new one is considered one of the NBA Finals favorites after acquiring the seven foot three center and also Drew Holiday during the offseason. Holiday had a key basket after the Knicks opened a six-point lead with 340 left before Porzingis scored the Knicks nine points for Boston, including the three-pointer that snapped the tie at 101. Jason Tatum at 34 points and 11 boards for the Celtics. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Nets and the Cavaliers going at it at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Donovan Mitchell scored 10 of his 27 in the fourth quarter, and Cleveland beat the Nets 114-113 for their first road win in a season opener since 2000. Cleveland, they had six players in double figures. Max Struess, who was <clears throat> uh, starting in place of the injured center, Jared Allen, had 27 points and 12 boards. Isaac Okoro scored 18, and Darius Garland finished with 15. Cam Thomas scored 36 for Brooklyn, uh, setting a league record for most points for a reserve in a season opener. Up north over in Cooperstown, uh, Joe Buck, Gary Cohen, and Dan Schulman are among the finalists for the Hall of Fame's Ford C. Frick Award for Excellence in Baseball Broadcasting. Joe Castiglione, Jacques Doucette, Tom Hamilton, Ernie Johnson Sr., Ken Morak, Mike Kruko, and Diane Kruber are also finalists. The ballot is the second of four consecutive elections involving broadcasters whose careers extend into the wild card era, which started in 1995. The pre-wild card era will be considered for the 2027 award. The winner will be announced on December 6th at the winter meetings in Nashville. And for the Yankees, Sean Casey says that he won't be returning as the hitting coach for New York after a brief stint in pinstripes this year. Casey, a 12-year major leaguer, went from TV analyst to hitting instructor back in July, announced his departure on his podcast, The Mayor's Office, with Sean Casey uh, yesterday. The 49-year-old said that he informed Yankee manager Aaron Boone before the team made a formal offer to secure his return. Casey, a three-time All-Star, said spending more time with his daughters, age 13 and 17, is a priority after his divorce uh, a few years ago. Uh, now, folks, when we return on the update this Thursday, are we ready for the Halloween candy? I know we are. But apparently, according to the dentist, they're all declaring that almost all Halloween candies, they bring horror to your teeth. And they're going to be revealing the specific candies that wreak the most horror. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Washington, there's been a breakthrough. There is now a new Speaker of the House. Republican Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana has now been elected as the new Speaker. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. 
where has the time gone? I really hope that I didn't write that line. Well, maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, of course, but it's always nice to look back on the past. It helps us grow as people. Plus, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And in our new series where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this program. I've always said over the years that my producers, they love an excuse to have a party. Every weekend, we're going to go into the update vault and play you some episodes from throughout the many years of this program. And in my new special series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this show, once a month, I'll play a select episode from that list. I have a whole list of favorite episodes, and we'll play that for you. It's a big party, of course, and you and your friends are all invited. And if you don't know we're having a big party, you will, after you hear this soundbite, declaring that we are having a big party. So, every weekend, we'll go look out for the update vaults, play some of our episodes for the many years of this show, and of course, also, once a month, look out for the list of my favorite episodes from throughout the years. Keep listening, of course, folks, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget, unless you can't uh, remember that party from, you know, the night before. (laughs) Now, of course, the update of Brandon and Julian will be right back after these messages. And uh, isn't this exciting, folks? Wow. Oh, don't laugh. Get an open notice, but some of you didn't. But uh, that actually is pretty darn good. My producers are getting better last year. For a surprise, they left me a 4th of July wiener. I uh, found it on the inside of the couch. All right, it is my duty now to send you back to the remainder of this program, so go. Go there now. Brandon Julian. You know, Valentine's Day coming up. We surprise the ones we love with those big red hearts, you know, filled with the gamble chocolate. Think about it. Has anybody ever eaten any chocolate or those with any confidence? You're like, oh, this is either going to be really good or horribly nasty. Guess I'm just big enough to find out. Oh, I got the one filled with toothpaste. Gonna take another nine of those to get rid of that flavor. You know, there's a big red heart filled with the gamble chocolate, otherwise there's the tiny heart-shaped antacids. I know I make you nauseous. Here's a Tom's with Hug Me written on it. You know, maybe that'll help. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. 
I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. From New York, home of your NCAA men's champion, UConn Huskies. This is the update with Brandon Juliet. Available wherever you're listening to podcasts. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. We are counting down the days, five days to go until Halloween. <clears throat> you know, being as a person that works with, um, <coughs> excuse me, being as a person that works for kids is part of my job. This week, I've been asking them a lot about, you know, like, what? Like, what are you going to dress up as for Halloween? Or, like, how many of you are going to go trick-or-treating? And, you know, they gave the fairly fairly standard um, answers, which, you know, which is fine. Personally, for me, I'm looking forward to the candy on Halloween. Because a few years ago, uh, yeah, it was a few years ago. This was in the middle of COVID, actually. My wife and I won trick-or-treat again. We got a stupid buttload of candy. Because, you know, I hadn't really been trick-or-treating until then. So my wife taught me her strategies, you know, for um, uh, getting candy. And uh, we just raided so much candy. It was frankly unbelievable. I remember taking a picture of the candy, uh, the candy spread. So it'll be interesting to uh, see uh, how much candy we actually get. Can- how much candy we actually get this year? You know who's not going to be happy though about all this candy stuff? Dentists. <laughs> and apparently, all dentists are declaring that almost all the Halloween candies are bad or bring horror to your teeth. To you know, fit in with the season. Uh, As more than 73 million trick-or-treaters are preparing their costumes ahead of the holiday on Tuesday, experts are warning parents about all the confections that are putting their kids' pearly whites the the most at risk. Uh, Beverly Hills board-certified dentist Dr. Kevin Sands, he told Fox News that hard, sour, chewy, gummy, and sticky candies can be damaging. So essentially, that's all candies in retrospect. (laughs) And even the sugar-free options may not pass the muster. According to Sands, sweets like Jolly Ranchers and Lifesavers even could chip or crack the teeth if they're bitten down on 
too hard. And I should know that I remember not that long ago, um, I was biting um, a piece that was gummy banana, like like gummy banana candy. And apparently, I didn't know I had bitten into it too hard that a piece of the tooth in the back of my mouth literally chipped off. And like, why well, did even I didn't even know my chip was toothed. <laughs> my chip was toothed. <laughs> my tooth was chipped. There we go. Uh, meanwhile, their prolonged presence in kids' mouths provides bacteria with a long sugar feast that could result in cavities. Meanwhile, caramels, nougat, and toffee are also confectionery no-nos. Sands explains of the calf, uh, the candies like Laffy Taffy. Their sticky nature means they often get lodged in the nooks and crannies of the teeth, making them difficult to remove, even after brushing. These sugar residues can promote bacteria growth and tooth decay. Uh, lip-puckering sour, such as Sour Patch Kids and Trolleys, are also popular Halloween candies, but the addictive zing of the, ax- of the acid can also break down tooth enamel. Uh, me- excuse me, Sands warned, quote, many sour candies have a pH level dangerously close to battery acid. Uh, continual exposure to such acidity can cause the enamel to break down, leading to sensitivity and other dental issues. If sugar breeds bacteria, sugar-free candies might seem like the better choice. But Sands says that the critical acid they are often made with also has a detrimental effect on enamel. Now, it's not all bad news. Um, chocolate, for one, is a smile-friendly option. According to Sands, it dissolves quickly and is less likely to get stuck on or in between teeth. In particular, dark chocolate, with its reduced sugar and rich antioxidants, can be a more tooth-friendly treat. Powdered candy, like Pixie Sticks or Fun Dip, uh, like you would see on Gravity Falls, <laughs> it dissolves quickly and isn't tacky on the teeth, similar to Smarties, which is also a safe bet. Sands also recommends single-serving popcorn packets, nuts, and yogurt-covered raisins as healthy alternatives to the sugar-packed sweet treats often given away on Halloween. Substituting edible goods for items like toys is also an option, like the uh, the Switch Witch that we just talked about the other day. The doctor says, quote, encourage children to consume treats in moderation and maintain good oral hygiene by brushing and flossing after consuming any type of candy. But not all parents are willing to limit their child's candy consumption. Uh, mom of five, Sarah Jed, previously told the New York Post, the people who published this article, uh, said that she received flack online after revealing she lets her kids gorge on their sweet handouts. The professor at the University of Wisconsin said, quote, This has always been our method. I feel like kids are naturally intuitive eaters, so they will figure out what is good for them. Uh, she added that her parenting style differs from that of her friends. Uh, registered dietitian nutritionist Carol Donaher of the Ellen Statter Institute argues that parents need to trust their children's intuition on how much they need to eat. 
Donner previously told the Post, quote, If they are restricted from sweet food or there's guilt around them, the child will crave them more and they won't have their natural limits. <laughs> so, you know, trust your children. I believe they're doing the right thing. You know, it's also the right thing. Uh, snow. Uh, can I say ho, ho, ho in October and not get sued for it? <laughs> the reason why I have to say that is because the first major snowstorm of the season, it dropped up to a foot of snow in the, in the north near Montana, sending an army of snow plows out on the roads. They just woke up to swirling snow and the sound of shovels on the sidewalks. Just days after the temperatures, they rose into the lower 80s. Like I said, Mother Nature is just acting weird. Gonna talk about this and more, because national news, it is next for us around here, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian continues. Brandon Julian. You know, if I get, if I read something wrong in the script of stories that I have for the program, my producers during the break will come up to me and be like, what's wrong with you? And I'll usually say something like, I don't know, just pissed. I don't want to go home. Why is that? I think my house is haunted. Why do you say that? My wife is there. <laughs> and that's nothing mean on my wife. Nothing rude about it either. I love her dearly. But every once in a while, she'll just give me the look with her eyes that just says, Get out. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. Your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. If there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. My dad wasn't around, and I remember riding a bike and falling off and cutting myself, and me never just wanting to get back on it. People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike, and you didn't. I didn't teach them. I just created an environment where they taught themselves, and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, if you really do think about it in this day and age, it's a good thing that we can't report people that we don't like to 911 or the police. Could you imagine how that call would go? You know, it'd be like, 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, that lady Carol is at the barbecue again. <laughs> This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, 
Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, let us talk together uh, right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin up in Lewiston in Maine, where the manhunt is continuing for the men that killed at least 16 people. Police there say the firearms ins- that a firearms instructor that was recently treated at a mental health facility is now a person of interest in the main massacre. The man opened fire at a bowling alley and a bar last night, killing at least 16 people and engulfing the state's second largest city in chaos. The suspect still remains at large as authorities are ordering residents and business owners to stay inside and off the streets. Two law enforcement officials told the AP that dozens of people had also been wounded. The officials were not authorized to publicly discuss the details of the ongoing investigation, and they spoke on the condition of anonymity. Of course, this latest mass killing in this country, um, of course, happened yesterday. The shooting was this country's 36th mass killing this year. So far this year, the nation has witnessed one of the highest numbers on record of mass killings and deaths to this point in a single year, second only to the year of 2019. Uh, In other news, we're going to go up to the Motor City in Detroit. For the United Auto Workers Union, they say they've reached a tentative contract agreement with Ford that could be a breakthrough to ending the nearly six-week-old strikes against the Detroit automakers. The four-year deal still has to be approved by 57,000 union members at the company. It could also bring a close to the union's series of strikes, a targeted factory run by Ford, GM, and the Jeep maker Stellantis. The Ford deal could set the pattern for agreements with the other for the other two automakers, uh, even though no other agreements were announced as of yesterday. And in Washington, uh, the Republican Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana has now been elected the Speaker of the House, finally. Uh, Republicans eagerly gave Johnson the gavel yesterday by a vote of 220 to 209, with a few absences. Johnson picked up an important nod of support from the former president. Johnson was also the fourth candidate Republicans nominated to replace Kevin McCarthy. The Republican majority has been desperate to win the chaos after ousting McCarthy at the start of this month. Johnson, he was quickly sworn into office. He said that Republicans would, quote, restore the people's faith in the House. President Biden congratulated the new speaker, saying it's time for all to, quote, act responsibly in uh, addressing the nation's challenges. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brain of Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang 
Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we're talking together right now, of course, on the latest national news. And we're going to go back to Washington, where the White House, they've turned down the pizzazz for uh, today's state dinner, or tonight's state dinner, I should say. But more than 300 guests from politics, business, and government uh, and beyond came out to celebrate U.S. ties to the ally Australia while striking a measured tone in a time of suffering in the Middle East. Uh, the celebrity quota was lower than usual for the fourth state dinner of the president's term, uh, but actor John Leguizamo happily represented Hollywood. It said a party music performed by the B-52s as originally planned for the after-dinner entertainment. First Lady Jill Biden opted for instru- instrumental music provided by U.S. military bands. Members of the B-52s, they attended as guests instead. In other news, we're going to go out to the American West in Los Angeles. Where authorities there say that the 22-year-old driver of the BMW that struck and killed four Pepperdine University students in Malibu is pleaded not guilty to four counts of murder. Prosecutors say that Fraser Bohm was speeding at more than 100 miles per hour moments before the crash. His attorney says that the crash occurred as Bohm was being chased following a road rage incident. Authorities have said that the driver lost control and sideswiped parked vehicles before crashing into a student's walking on the scenic Pacific Coast Highway. Uh, two others were also injured. Prosecutors say that if Bohm is convicted as charged, he could face multiple life sentences. There's a new study that has found that people that were convicted of crimes related to domestic extremism, they face far shorter prison terms than those that are convicted in international terrorism cases, even when the crimes are similar. The first of its kind analysis by terrorism researchers at the University of Maryland comes amid scrutiny of the outcomes of the January 6th cases including for some Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, who receive sentences that are years lower than what was called for by prosecutors and the sentencing guidelines. President Biden has called domestic terrorism, quote, the most urgent terrorism threat faced by the country. Yet the data show that on average, the penalties associated with these crimes do not reflect that. 
And finally, we're going to go up north uh, to Helena in Montana. Or yes, I can say ho, 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 even though it's not October, because this story is actually appropriate for the weather there. And you know we only address the weather on this show when the weather is bad. Uh, the first major snowstorm of the year, it dropped up to a foot of snow in the area, sending an area and an army of snow plows out on the roads. Residents, they woke up to swirling snow and the sounds of shovels on the sidewalks, just days after temperatures rose into the lower 80s. Trees decked out in fall colors and some Halloween decorations were weighed down with snow. The capital city of Montana received the heaviest snowfall overnight, with just over a foot of snow in some areas by midday yesterday. Another round of snow was forecast to begin last night, bringing lesser accumulations. The snow is also causing treacherous driving conditions in northwestern Montana. You know, soon we'll be able to get the snow into our neck of the woods. I'm going to let you guys ponder on this, as we say, in the words of Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. Thursday, October the 26th, 2023. That is the update on this Thursday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. I mean, these everybody is smiling, really smiling, because you're going to hear how the show all began, episode number one from all those years ago in 2017, in uh, the continuing list of my favorite episodes in November. And we'll tell you the date when we actually get closer to November. And like people are excited and just can't stop. Uh, so until I say again, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news folks will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, please be well. Until I say that again, uh, don't forget to floss. And uh, honey, I'm ready for my parents' uh, visit to our house. I, uh, I got my plane tickets ready and everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The peak of the warmth, it comes tomorrow, just in time for possible showers again. We'll, we'll see about that. Let's talk about that a lot more, too, of course, folks, when we see you for the final Getaway Friday in the month of October tomorrow. See you then.